Hello and welcome to the LSB podcast. We didn't think we would get there. There were so many times where we were worried that we would have a null and void AFL season, but we're at the finals. We still have nine games to go, but geez, Alex, I'm really excited for the finals, mate. Yeah, so am I. It was a, it was a weird season, but yeah, we finally got there and looking forward to uh, what's going to happen in finals. Now, we're going to have a big look at the finals week one, but of course... Ten teams are out of the running. Some teams were, of course, not expected to make the finals. Some teams will be very hard done by to not make the finals. And just simply some supporter bases will be like, what the fuck? How did we not make the finals? So let's just get straight into it. We're just going to have a quick look at every team. We're just going to have a look at their season. We're going to have a look at what impressed us and what didn't. We'll talk about some possible free agency trading and draft strategies, and then we'll have a small look at their chances next season. So let's start from the bottom. Alex, let's start with Adelaide. What were your initial thoughts on Adelaide in the 2020 season? Well, at one point we thought they weren't even going to win a game, and I think they ended the year pretty strong. What, 6% off not getting the wooden spoon, um, you know, winning yeah. uh, three North of their... Spoon watch was a, North Spoon Watch was there for a long time. Yeah, yeah it was definitely was. Uh, they won their, what, three of the f- three wins in the last four weeks, I think it was. So I think Crows fans should be kind of happy. I mean, um, obviously not the season they wanted, but ended on a bit of a high note, I guess, with some wins, not having a winless season. So, uh, yeah, not the, not the worst, but, you know, definitely could be a, a lot better. They got a lot of games into the young kids. And I think probably, yeah, a month out from the season, we were thinking that the Crows were, you know, they probably weren't going to win a game. I was saying, oh, yeah, they were going to beat the Hawks. They did beat the Hawks, but they surprised us. You know, GWs and Carlton, they both did make the finals, but they're, they're really good scalps because obviously Carlton's a team on the rise. Giants still have a lot of firepower on that roster that did catapult them to preliminary finals and the grand final last year. What would you give their grade overall, though? Because I would say their grade would have probably been, for me, honestly, it would have been a D before those wins, just because of the games they got into the kids. But uh, people might call it controversial, but I think it's a C. I think it's almost a pass for the year because they're getting that number one draft pick. And look at Lachlan Scholl towards the end of the year is just one of many young kids that came through. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely have to, to back you there in about a C. You're right. Before before those wins they got, it would have been a failed season, a D. But with those wins and playing some of those those young players and, and getting them games, definitely definitely around a C or a C plus even. You know, um, definitely definitely help their season out at the end of the season. Well. And now we have a look at the free agency and the trades for the team. Now, there's actually some breaking news that's come out in the last few hours. I'm not sure if you've heard about this, Alex. It's quite fresh. Uh, Brad Crouch and Tyson Stengel have seemed to be caught with an illicit substance. So do you think that's a bit of a worry for the Crows because they were looking to move on Brad Crouch? Yeah, de- uh, there was that rumour going around that Brad Crouch might be, might be out there. So this might be harder for them to find a new uh, suitor for him. But he is a good player, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone puts their hands up for it. But we'll have to find out in the coming days uh, if this is a serious matter or not. What do you think the draft, uh, so the trade strategy should be for the Crows here? Should they try and stick out of it and try and get more draft picks? Obviously, it would be a ridiculous call for them to go out and get, you know, just for example, the Sean Higgins and the Ben Browns and the Isaac Smiths of the world, the, the older players. But should they be searching other clubs, trying to find those, you know, 21, 22-year-olds who aren't exactly stars of their club just to fill a role at the Crows? 
Oh, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't be giving up too much to get any of those players, but any of those outside youngsters that aren't getting games, they can get them for a good price, 100%, but I would definitely be looking into the draft. And that's the only way they're going to build up from here, I reckon, getting young players that want to play for their club. Well, they look like they're going to get Jackson Haitley from the Giants, who was a top selection just a couple of years ago, Adelaide boy. But So what do we think? The Crows are going to have pick one in the draft. It's going to go... It's going to turn into number two because the Bulldogs are going to get Jamara Hagen, who's a phenomenal talent. They possibly could have pick three as well if Crouch goes for a significant amount of money. What do you think the Crows should target? I think, personally, they should be targeting a Taylor Walker replacement. Yeah, that's a fair call. I mean, they're pretty good at the moment with their uh, key positions, but I think they need to replace Taylor Walker. He's getting old. He hasn't been what he has been. They need another big key forward down there. Uh, even some mid, some some new midfielders in there if they lose Brad Crouch. Rory Sloan isn't getting any younger, so they could definitely top up that midfield too. Well, including Ugal Hagen, who will go to the Dogs, four of the five top projected players in the draft are key position players. And one of them is from Adelaide, Riley Thilthorpe. So that'll be interesting. But what do we reckon next season for the Crows? Do we think it's going to be another wooden spoon year? I, I personally don't think they're going to make the eight, but do you think they can get in that bracket between, say, 10th and 14th? I think they'd hope they'd hope they would. Uh, I would not be surprised if they have a similar season to this one, but from what they showed at the end of this year, they could definitely be up there in that uh, in that range you said. Well, next, let's move to North Melbourne. Three wins, 14 losses. For me, Alex, this is the most disappointing team of 2020 obviously didn't get the wooden spoon. Hawthorne had a horrible year by their expectations. Essendon had a horrible year. Giants had a horrible year. But I think this is the worst team in 2020. Oh, definitely. They brought in a whole heap of um, free agents to help bolster this list and push them into the eight, and it's just gone horribly wrong, I think. Um, And now it looks like Rebuild is maybe on the cards with the amount of players that have now been delisted and let go and, and um, with the talks of big players like Higgins maybe leaving. So, yeah, not a really good season for the uh, for the Kangas. Well, there were some good signs. Um, Jed Anderson, former Hawthorne player, really came on. I think he'll probably probably win their best and various will get close and win their Brownlow votes. Jai Simkin really came on as well. The big issue, of course, as you said for North, is, well, Jared Pollock, they've got him. He's gone. Sean Higgins is, you know, good enough to play for a premiership contender. He's gone. We all know what's gone on with Ben Brown. Um, he's being shopped around. He's not going to be at the club. Ben Cunnington might be chopped, shopped around. And they've also delisted 11 players. So what do you think the strategy for the Kangaroos should be? Should it Obviously, this is a compromised draft. We've got lots of academy picks, um, a couple of father-sons. Should the Kangaroos just go fucking all out and have, say, eight picks in the fucking, in, you know, in the top 40, the top 50 of the draft? Or do you think it's a bad call because of a compromised year and try and get those future picks as well? Yeah, it's a hard call. I mean, they I think they need to rebuild. They need to get get some new young players in there. But with the compromised draft, do you, do you give everything away for drafts this year? Do you get some and maybe get some future ones for next year and hope that pans out? Um, but I definitely think rebuild's definitely on the cards. Just a straight up rebuild. Um, yeah, I, I think, think they need to get the balance. They just need to get the balance right. Um, 
They'll get a couple of picks this year, but I also think they should also put a big emphasis on next year as well because there's going to be a lot of players, especially from Victoria, who normally play in the TAC Cup or the VFL, who normally would get picked. But maybe clubs are going to pick uh, people from other states if they're tossing and turning because simply you've got kids playing in the waffle every week or the sandful every week, and this late, projected draft pick just couldn't get a game for, you know, Gibson Power or whatever. So I think they should save it for next year. Should they be targeting should they be targeting mature players or sorry, just any players at all from other clubs? Or do you think it's just, you know, let's just blow this whole list wide open and see what we can do in a couple of years' time? I think blow it blow it wide open and see what they can do. I mean, they obviously tried and got some some fringe players this season and it did not work out at all. Maybe if they could get some younger younger fringe players to, but I definitely think just full rebuild get young players, go draft um, you know, I think they need to um, make a bit of playing uh, like a place for free agents to want to come, we know the trouble that they have with, with getting major free agents and maybe a full rebuild starting from the ground up again, good culture maybe they can snag some some big free agents in the coming years to help them out well, they got two free agents recently. Um, they got Jared Pollock and Jasper Pittard, and both were dropped at stages during the year, and both might not be in the list next year. So it's just they've just got to make sure that they do their salary cap right. And, geez, it's going to be hard being a North supporter. But I think you're going to agree with me here, Alex. They're probably going to go in the next season as an overwhelming wooden spoon favourite. Oh, 100%. Definitely a, a degrade for them, I reckon. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Even, I would almost go an F. Even F. Even F. Yeah. They're just going to blow that list open. There was a couple of shining lights, but there's almost not those shining lights as well. They're not exactly 18, 19 year olds. They're in there. They're still in their early twenties. But you know they've got players like Luke Davies Uniaki, who was the best thing to come out of the TAC Cup. Um, you know, obviously, Supercoach scores had everything, but he was breaking records, and he just hasn't been able to find that groove in the AFL. Well, let's go to the next team. Let's go to the Swans. They look like they're going to finish in 15th. Very strong performance against Geelong in round uh, last round, round 18. But I think the Swans had a good year overall. No buddy for a lot of the year. And they just played a lot of kids. They really... Um, you know, they needed Papley at the start of the year to actually do well. As the year went on, Papley had less of an influence. And I just think that Sydney have this really exciting young list. Yeah, i got to agree with you there. Um, so this, this is their, their second season of um, not playing finals. Um, they've been pretty strong for a long time, you know, playing finals nearly every year for a long time. Um, but yeah, they had a lot of key injuries, you know, buddy out for the whole season. That doesn't help you out. And there's all those talks now about was it worth that big contract if he's not playing. Um, they also lost Isaac Keeney, one of their other good players. But I think I think Swans fans should be happy. I mean, well, not wasn't the season they wanted, but they uh, played a lot of kids. They did did pretty well for what they had out there. They, their backline got absolutely decimated by injuries, and they they uh, the rest the players down there stood up really tall. Uh, so yeah, not a bad not a bad season, I guess. Luke Parker and Luke Parker, Jake Lloyd and um, JPK, Josh P. Kennedy were really good towards the end of the year. Lloyd was probably when their best and fairest was good overall. But obviously, we saw Oliver Florent come on. Jordan Dawson was strong in the midfield. James Robotton came on as well. Nick Blakey was a good sign up forward. Aliyah Aliyah was, you know, it was interesting. It's something you can get for. I think it's a really solid foundation to build on. But the thing is, now, what do they do in free agency? Because they've still got. 
they've still got, as I said, those two midfield bulls who have, you know, been doing it for the Swans for 10 years, premiership superstars. You've got Buddy Franklin there still. What what do you think the play for Sydney should be? Should they just stick to their kind of rebuild? Uh, they could definitely still go with a rebuild and get some more youth in there, but they can definitely top up with some with some ready-made players. I think they they, they might be in need of a Ruckman, I think, or like a, a good yeah, Braden, ready-made Braden, Braden Proust is going to leave Melbourne announced today. Yep, they need a ready-made Ruckman so he could be perfect to help them out. Uh, and maybe another star midfielder to help in that midfield with uh, JPK and Parker, maybe. But I definitely go on the track with uh, playing these young young boys and uh, see where it goes from there. Well, yeah, Isaac Heaney is going to add so much to that team when he does inevitably come in. Um, next season, I'm probably going to put them in the maybe around, maybe not this low. Obviously, you're going to say that for a lot of teams, and it's hard to pinpoint the latter. I don't think they'll finish in the bottom two but I also don't think that they're really going to make a play for the finals. Yeah, I mean, if, if they can get Buddy back and Heaney and Buddy goes back to turns the clock back, then maybe they can make a push. But um, with the, some of the players still not uh, super experienced, yeah, in that, that range, maybe just below maybe 10th, 11th, 12th again. Yeah, we'll probably just give it one more year. Next up is my Hawks. Now... Coming coming into the season, I wasn't too uh, flash about them. I was actually, admittedly, though, when the COVID break uh, happened, we'd just beaten the Lions. And I just thought this season might suit us, an aging list. Just never got there in the end. How did you view the Hawks from the outside, Alex? Well, oldest list in the comp, I think. Um, you know, and they've recruited from other clubs over the past few years to try and top up the list, top up the list, keep, this, keep it going, and then finally just didn't get there. Yeah, there was some injuries and stuff, but um, yeah, maybe maybe it's finally run out for uh, for Clarko and it's time for a rebuild. I think we just lacked a lot up forward. I think our midfield does have the damage, um, but it, there was a lot of times our midfield was exposed. A lot of games, admittedly, Mitchell, Warple, O'Meara, uh, Isaac Smith would get a lot of the ball, but just, you know, couldn't do the damage on the end. And that's also part of the forward line. Too many times uh, when we were close, had chances in games, we just couldn't take a mark inside 50. We couldn't convert those inside 50 opportunities. But, you know, Clark has done the right thing. Stratton's gone. Uh, Ricky Henderson's gone. Paul Piopolo's gone. Uh, we've still got some calls to see. Isaac Smith might be going. We might see James Frawley go. So there's still some massive calls to make. But what do you think Hawthorne should do? Do you think they should just get rid of these old players? Should they stick to the guns? Should they keep Bruce Gunston Smith? Because we have the earliest draft pick we have since about 2007. Or do you think Hawthorne needs to blow this wide open? Because you've got to remember, the Hawthorne list still has Tom Mitchell, Jaeger O'Meara, Chad Wingard, uh, players like this. Yeah, I don't think you need to blow it blow it open straight away. You still have some good players on that list to, to, to ship off too many and be sitting down the bottom of the ladder while you've got players like Tom Mitchell still playing well and and, and such. You know, I think you can get rid of a few um, and maybe maybe find some um, some other players maybe in free agency. But I think they definitely need to get younger. But I think a blow open rebuild probably isn't the the smartest thing right now. But you could you could um, Gunston and Bruce. Maybe get rid of one, keep the other one, keep some, keep one of those uh, good forwards down there, experienced forwards. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Clarko does this offseason. 
I'm not against Gunston going, but I think it'd have to be a first round draft pick, and I wouldn't really be happy with a first round draft pick towards the end of the first round, which due to academy selections will turn into about 20 or 22, 23. I'd really want a mid-team pick. I'm happy to see Smith and Bruce go for a second-round selection, whether that be 25 or 30 or something. I think that's decent value. But I think if you take Gunston out of that team, you're taking a lot away. You take Bruce and Smith, of course, they're still damaging players. But, you know, Gunston still just did finish third. I hope we draft a... Actually, I won't say that. I don't know who I want us to draft. Um, I think we just need to pick the best player available. Uh, as I said before, a lot of the top picks are key forwards and key defenders. But there is a young midfielder, uh, Elijah Hollands from Victoria, that dominated TAC Cup last year. Uh, a bit a bit in the mould of Chad Wingard, I guess. Um, midfield forward. So we'll just see what happens there. But what do you think for the Hawks next year? Or is it just too is it simply too early to make a call? I think it's a bit too early. We'll see have to see what happens in the offseason. They've got some talent there to push them into that to fight for a top eight spot, maybe, uh, seventh or eighth. But if they don't really pull anything up or if they go completely backwards and decide to go rebuild, then we could see them down in about like fifteenth or fourteenth or something. So they're yeah, too early to call. Yeah, I don't think finals next year, but I, th- I definitely think we can probably we'll probably stay around this win tally, or probably win if it's a twenty-two game season, probably win seven or eight games. Next, we go to the Gold Coast, and as the Gold Coast have done maybe three or four years in their career, they start so well, and we start thinking, no, is this going to be finally the year they make the finals? They couldn't get get there in the end. But this, for me, was the most impressive season the Gold Coast Suns have had. It wasn't their most successful, but their most successful season, um, Gary, Ablett won, Gary Ablett won a Brownlow. Uh, so you've got um, – how did you rate the Suns season? Oh, I was great. I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of us were expecting the Suns to be sitting right down the bottom, I reckon, this year. We thought absolute basket case club as, as, as well. So, uh, no, it was really good. Their youth was amazing. A lot of those players, Noah Anderson, Rankin, Lukosius, uh, Burrick and King, they're, look, they're locked in to be contra- like long-term contracts. The future's there for the Suns. They've, they finally got this culture problem fixed. It looks like it. And they're poached from clubs. Po- Hugh Greenwood was fantastic statistically Adelaide. Adelaide thought he was too slow. Golko said, thank you very much. He's led the AFL in tackles. He's averaged 18 disposals a game. That's all they need. They've got Brandon Ellis, who was in the best 22 for the Tigers, but, you know, on the outside, kind of in their bottom six players. He's come in. He's brought premiership experience, done a fantastic job. Jared Witts, one of the best ruckmen in the last five years. Just uh, Sam Collins playing. I was about to say, yeah. Yeah, Sam Collins. Yeah, in 2018. Now he's the best and fairest for the Gold Coast Suns. And, of course, we've got uh, Matty Rao coming back next year. They've got other early draft picks that haven't played a lot of games that could come into calculation. They're going to get another early draft pick here. I'm really high on the Gold Coast Suns for next year. But what do we think, what players do you think they need to be targeting in this? Because I think the time's gone away. They don't need three or four picks in the first round. They need to start getting in some consistent talent. Yeah, do they maybe maybe go after another another tall forward, maybe someone to help King out, not take the... Not take the, the key forward away from it, someone to take some of the pressure off, maybe. I think they're pretty good down back. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing I can think of at the moment. What about you, Toff? 
I think, well, they're going to get rid of Peter Wright. Uh, Peter Wright could go to any of a host of uh, Victorian clubs. I think they just need to top up. I think their midfield's strong. You're going to have Took Miller, uh, Matty Rowell, Noah Anderson, Hugh Greenwood running through that midfield. David Swallow, of course. Um, you know, Jared Harbrow is getting to the end of his career. Uh, Jared Witts is getting on in age as well. They're going to lose Pierce Hanley, but Pierce Hanley didn't play that many games this season. Braden Fiorini is always an interesting one because I think he's a really he's a good player. He just keeps getting dropped from that team. Look, the Gold Coast are always linked to a lot of depth players. I think I think they've realised now they p- did pick up. A, uh, they've been notorious for picking up a lot of players who weren't in other teams' best teams, and just they weren't doing a good job. George Hall and Smith, uh, Corey Ellis, they picked up in recent years, and you know they were nowhere near their team's thing. I think they did the right thing picking Greenwood and picking um, Brandon Ellis up because they were still in their best teams. So I think they need to identify players in the bottom six of teams' best 22s. Just, you know, that can just go up another level with, you know, a change of scenery. And look, after all the bullshit that's happened in Victoria this year, Gold Coast, you know, it's a great place to live. And the Gold Coast has thought of this season as a good thing for them because players have spent time on the Gold Coast. Obviously, they haven't been able to go out, you know, to restaurants or to cafes or, you know, to anywhere. But, you know, they still get to experience the climate. And, you know, I'm guessing most of them have loved it over Victoria. For next season, do you think this is the this is the season? This is the season they can finally make the finals. This will be oh, their 10th season. 100 percent 100 I think I think anything less will be a failure from them I reckon which isn't so much but um yeah I reckon they're playing finals next year I'll back it in I think yeah the the pressure is going to be slightly on but I think they're just going to top up beautifully Noah Anderson and Matty Rao can be anything you know I wouldn't be surprised if Max King I'm uh, sorry Ben King turns into a 40 goal year forward very soon on to the next team, and uh, Bates is not with us today, but Essendon, oh, every year, you just don't know what you're <laughs> going to expect with Essendon. They did start the year very well. They started yeah. the year very well, and we kept saying they have that one game in hand against Melbourne, and as the year got through, Essendon just turned into a pile of shit. Melbourne got slightly better, and that, game, that extra game wasn't a factor in the last month of the season, but... I don't know what to think of Essendon because their list could be about to be blown up. Yeah, you're right. Though. So they had a great they had a great start to the season, and just as it kept as the season went along, just past that started falling off the uh, falling off the train, you know. Um, and by the end of it, we were all thinking, yeah, that that uh, Melbourne Essendon game could be crucial at the end of the season. And you're right, it just was nothing, and they didn't perform in that either. So, but I think there were some good things to take from them, and I guess. Uh, uh, Ridley taking out their yeah, best Ridley. and fairest. What a fan- fantastic season. Played 25 games and is now best and fairest. Yeah, made in the All-Australian 40 list as well. That's pretty good f- as well for him. they got some other good players, that uh, new players as well. Uh, Draper looked pretty good for them in that Ruckman role. He'll, he'll probably be their number one Ruckman next year, more than likely. Good rookie he'll, season yeah, for him. He'll have to be, yep. Um, but you're right. The, the list could get blown up with a lot of players. Linked elsewhere and or linked to be traded and stuff. So very interesting. Well, Danaher, obviously, that's been a drama for two years now. We're going to expect him to go. Adam Saad is now weighing up between Carlton and Essendon. 
it's probably more likely leaning towards Carlton, but Essendon's not out of doubt there. Zach Merritt's been talked about a lot. I think he's going to stay, but of course he was dumped out of the leadership group. So that's going to be an interesting thing. And there's been massive rumours that have pretty much been confirmed that Hurley and Hooker are just not happy with the way Bell Chambers was treated towards the end of his career. And they're old players and they have currency, as in, you know, not currency for Essendon. They're only going to get a second or third round draft pick. But for a premiership team who needs a tall forward or a tall defender, they're a good stopgap situation there. I think for Essendon in the free agency in the trades, they're literally just going to have to wait. They've been linked to a host of young midfielders, Will Brody. The GWS have a couple of players coming through. Uh, they've also, of course, been linked to Ben Brown, two-meter Peter. But what this is another case, Alex. What approach should they take, or is it literally we just have to wait and see? Again, I think we have to wait and see. If they go, they go draft. You know, compromise draft. Are they going to get the players they need for the, or um, do they wait a season or get picks for the next year and have just a bad season? Um, 2021, which they probably will anyway um, with the way their list is. So it's uh, it's hard to tell. We're going to hit 6,000 days since Essendon's won a final. I think it's going to be... I think we're going to get into the mid-6,000s before they're going to have another chance because I just... The way that their list looks, I don't think they're going to have the talent to get there. Yeah, I think you're right on that one, mate. Sorry about that, Batesy. Hopefully, you're not punching your computer screen when you're listening to this. Next, we go on to Fremantle. Now, I actually really like Fremantle's season. I think Fremantle had the best season of all the teams that didn't make the eight. Two wins two wins less than Melbourne, but Justin Longmuir came in. He developed a, a fucking shit mess from Ross Lyon, and people weren't expecting them to do very well, but... Andrew Brayshaw uh, just went up to another level. Luke Ryan, all Australian. Adam Chera was think people were thinking, oh, they took him a pick five. Was it too early? Uh, sorry, they took him a pick two. Was it too early? Sorry, no. Yeah. He's absolutely fantastic. James Ace has come over from Collingwood, rejuvenated his career. We all know what happened to Caleb Sarong. Then there's underrated players we don't really hear about here in the East, like Ethan Hughes. Uh, Brett Bewley, players Taylor Duman, absolutely fantastic. How did you rate Frio? Because I sound like I've got a fucking boner for Fremantle right now. But how did you rate Frio, Alex? <laughs> no, I think I think the Justin Longmuir really turned that turned that team around in one season and did really well for what he had. And I think another another preseason to get those uh, some of those young players even better and uh, and maybe getting in some good free agents possibly. Um, definitely think they'll be banging on the door of the eight next year. I think, well, Nat Fife, of course, getting on a little bit in age, but we all yeah. know what he's capable of. I Michael don't Walters think as well. I think he's to about 29 as well. Yep. David yeah. Mundy's the gift that keeps on giving. He could play for as long as Sean Burgoyne because he just he's still averaging eight disposals a game. He's still having a significant influence in the midfield. He can also pop down forward when required. I think, I'm not sure what's really going on. The, Fremantle is the one team that I really haven't heard about much about what they're going to do in free agency. There was talk about Jesse Hogan leaving. I don't know why he would leave or where he would go, but he solidified himself towards the end of the year, played some strong games. I think this this roster is pretty good. If they can top up where they can, or maybe just go to the draft and see what they can get. 
Yeah, I mean, Jesse Hogan did well. That, that, he's helping out with uh, Matt Tabernard down there. I think Havan Hogan's really helped. Tab- yeah, that, that's someone yeah. we didn't talk about. Tabernard, ab- absolutely fantastic season. Seen as a bit of a a journeyman, um, never kicked more than 18 goals in a season, and he's only kicked 29, but, of course, a shorter year. But it's it's funny you say that. I've just looked at Tabernard's stats now, and he's kicked 30 goals in a season, and all of a sudden he's got the 18th most goals kicked in pre-mental history. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, yeah, I think anything you can have with Fremantle, but I think if they can get some good – maybe pick up some good free agents um, and just see what happens in the draft, I think – what they've got now with another preseason under their belt could definitely, yeah, be pushing pushing up. I'm really just not hearing a lot from Fremantle. Maybe, you it's know. It's a Victorian I mean, thing, maybe, or. Maybe, West Coast is still in the finals, so maybe the WM media is still on the West Coast. On West Coast. Next, we go to Carlton. And Carlton obviously did have an improved season. Sam Walsh was, towards the end of the year, was amazing. Paddy Cripps was. Definitely down on his standards. Still had a good year. They do have kids coming through. They don't have as many as you think because their top performers were still players like Ed Kerno, Mark Murphy, Sam Doherty obviously returning, Jack Newins coming in, um, Jack Martins also, um, you know, an experienced player. But how did you rate the Carlton season? Look, they were probably hoping for finals, which I mean a lot of teams were, but um, the hype that was around this team. Um, but I think it was a pretty good season for them. Um, I think Weedering played a phenomenal season. A bit unlucky to not make it into that All-Australian squad. Um, but I think things are looking up for next season. They should probably have uh, Kerno back um, down forward. Uh, maybe they could look for another another key forward. But I think McKay is pretty good down there. And their backs are good with yeah, Jones and, and Weedering. But I think they had a pretty good season um, and should be on the rise next year. Well, of course, no... Uh... Charlie Kerno, Mitch McGovern had a very down year. Um, I'm not sure if that trade's really worked out for them. They've still had a lot of players that played this year who only played two or three games. They need to really sort out what's going with that list. Colton's a hard one for me to project here because I don't think this current list can play finals. I think with a couple of top-ups, they definitely can. Of course, Cruz is retired. Cade Simpson has retired. Mark Murphy will go into his last year. Kerno's closer to the end than we think. So what do you think Carlton's strategy should be? Or it's just... This is actually, for me, looking at this right now, this is the hardest list for me to read right now. Yeah, well, we haven't seen what um, what Charlie Kerno's like. He could come out and be a bit of a beast next year. He was pretty good the um, year before and even another preseason again for those young players. Um, they pick up someone maybe like Zach Williams or. Yeah, they're going to get Zach Williams. That that'll help. Um, it depends whether they, they could play Zach Williams anyway. He can play in three, four positions. He's, really, he can he's, play. He's, he showed he showed he can play in the midfield at uh, GWS. Played really well. So they can, can play on the wing. In there. He can play half forward flank, back forward flank. So exactly. And so you know, so it'd be interesting as well. But the problem is Carlton, eight hundred and fifty a year for Williams and eight around. They're projecting seven fifty eight hundred for Saad. That's a lot of money on. Look, they're great. They're it great is. players, but they're not elite. Yes, Sa- that, that, Saad that is could true. be elite. Saad on a better on a better team could be elite, definitely. In, but we just have to see what goes. I think next season they'll want to make finals, but I just think they're probably going to be in that seventh to twelfth bracket. Yeah, that's a fair call, I reckon. And next, we're going to go to the GWS Giants now. 
Obviously, massive hangover like the Crows had when they lost to Richmond in the 2017 Grand Final. Just haven't been able to recapture that form. Uh, lost more games than they won. They could have made the finals uh, going in the last bit of the season, but, you know, crucial losses to Melbourne, Adelaide, Adelaide, of course, and St Kilda in the last round. And their list, there's another list that could be blown up here because Zach Williams is going to go. Jeremy Cameron is probably going to go. Heath Shaw is going to retire. As always, clubs come after GWS's, you know, 18th to 26th players. And the Sam, they brought Sam Jacobs across. He's retired now. So, But how did you rate the Giants' season? Look, if you compare it to the last season, this is not good enough. I mean, with that list on paper, it looks it looks amazing. All those uh, all those uh, early round picks and everything. Um, but you're right, they never got going, and um, just a lot of a lot of key players didn't improve on last season, which it shows from where they ended the season at. Well, Stephen Cornelio had a horrible horrible year as well. Of course, dropped towards the end of the season. They signed Leon Cameron to a contract extension, which earlier in the year, which. Uh, maybe it was too early, but, you know, people thought it was all right. Arguably, the only really established player that uh, had a better year than last year was Lockie Whitfield and probably Harry Perryman, but Harry Perryman wasn't exactly setting the world on fire last year. I think they just need to, you know, see what's going to happen with Cameron because if they get rid of Cameron, that frees up a lot of contract space and that could allow them to get, you know, two or three quality depth players. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we saw what uh, Riccardi did down there. So if it was losing Cameron, the worst thing in the world. He's a good player, great player, really. Um, but you're right, they lose. They, they got lose Harry him. Himmelberg as well. Harry Himmelberg. They lose Cameron. They free up a lot, a lot of cap space to uh, bulk out that list again, and maybe, maybe try again next season. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know about them. I'm just probably say they have the potential to do top four, but you just got to look at who made the top four this year and who just missed the top four this year. And you can't see many of those teams dropping out significantly, but I'll probably say around that seventh to 12th bracket again. Yeah, you're right on there. Right on there, I reckon. Um, definitely could be top four with the players on that list, but could definitely sit around that bottom, bottom eight uh, or just missing out on finals. It's hard to tell. And the final team for today is the Melbourne. They and you know they had a live chance going in to the last Sunday of the season, didn't get there in the end. Key losses to Sydney and Fremantle. They're going to absolutely rue. I think this is a failure of a season, but at the same time, that 2018 season was an absolute flash in the pan. They got, you know, they they kicked some big goals against Geelong in the final. Then they ran into us in the second week of 2018 finals, and we really probably didn't deserve to be top four, and then they got smashed. So do you take this season as a failure, or do you say 2018 is a flash? I'd have to agree that the 2018 was a bit of a flash. Um, I don't think that list is good enough. They've got a, some that forward line. I mean, Wiedemann needs a bit more time. There's no one else down there to really help him score those yeah, goals. Their best forward's Bailey Fridge, and I think Bailey, Bailey Fridge is a decent player, but yep. not... Yeah, he's not going to set not the an, world Not an fire. elite forward, you're right. Um, the thing with Melbourne is Christian Petrarca had a had a breakout year, a oh, career. He already season. was a, already was a good player, but he had an absolute breakout year. Went into that elite. Clayton Oliver just did what Clayton Oliver does, racks up the ball, gets a lot of tackles. Max Gorn, 
not his best season, but still all Australian worthy. Stephen May was absolutely incredible the last eight weeks of the season. Jack Viney had a bit of a comeback year. He had a lean year or two, his comeback. They picked up Ed Langdon. Ed Langdon's done a fantastic job on that wing, kind of halfback, half forward line there. Jake Lever's also been good. But I think just looking at the list now for Melbourne, it was a case of their top 10 did a lot. And their bottom, you know, 15, 18 players that played really didn't pick up the slack. Yeah, probably in a similar similar thing with like Collingwood, where they've got a pretty pretty elite midfield, solid solid backline, and then that forward line is just not clicking, and it just you can't win games if you don't kick goals, obviously. So um, there is that. So in the free agency, I'm not sure who's going to be leaving. They're going to shop Tom McDonald around. I don't think there's too many other more players they're going to shop around. They're just probably going to need to try and find a forward. Of course, there's forward options available. They're not really in the conversation for players like Danaher, um, maybe Ben Brown, uh, Peter Wright, players like this. But do you think that they can make the finals with this list and just hope for some more progression? Like Petrarca can go further. Petrarca's... He's got the the prototype to turn into a dusty or a danger field elite player, or do you think they just they just need to find two or three more players to elevate this team? Definitely think they just a few more players to elevate the team, and they can definitely be pushing into finals, um, maybe even pushing top four. I think they've they've got them like that that solid midfielder and the solid backline, and just a few extra parts might be what it takes for them to um to get into finals. I'm happy to I'm happy to say for Melbourne, I'm happy to go a bit higher. I'm happy to say fifth to tenth. Yep. Um, I think seventh or eighth would probably be their best case. They sign a couple of players, and as I said before, Petrarca's got the skills and the potential to become the next, you know, danger or dusty for sure. Yeah, it but could be a could be a Brownlow winner in the next couple of seasons. We'll it definitely know. could yep. be. You know, Clayton Oliver can always add another string to his bow. And, you know, of always, when you got someone like Max Gorn and Stephen May's end of the season was absolutely fantastic. So he can only improve from there. Well, that's enough on the has-beens. Uh, we'll just have, we'll take a bit of a look at the finals. Not too long to go. Uh, three days before the finals. And the first game is Port Adelaide versus Geelong at Adelaide Oval. One versus four. Who are you tipping in this one? Uh, I'm going to take uh, Geelong in this one. I'm still backing them as my premiership tip. Um, so I think they're going to get the job done against Port Island, who I'm still not convinced on. I am I'm just listening to the media and reading things and everything. I'm a bit more high on Port Adelaide. I think Geelong, obviously Geelong are Geelong, but I think Port Adelaide will win this game. Um and I'm not saying they're going to win the premiership or even make the grand final. I think they win this game. I actually think Geelong have a better chance of winning the premiership. Even if Geelong lose this game and Port Adelaide win, I think Geelong have a better chance. I just think there's been a lot of talk about Port Adelaide. They're going to have home ground advantage. Their backs are against the wall because no one's talking about them. I think it's the key battle here as all in most games is going to be the midfield because Travis Boak... Tom Rockliffe, Ollie Wines, you know, all having fantastic seasons. And Geelong can, you know, rotate as many plays as they want to there. They've got the luxury. Do we put Dangerfield in the middle or do we put him in the forward line? And I think Gary Ablett's going to have something to say. This this is Gary Ablett's swan song. Um, you know, 
we don't talk about Gary Ablett lightly. He's one of the greatest, definitely one of the greatest players we have seen, and yes, of all definitely. time, he's up there. So I, th- oh, I'm going to tip Port Adelaide by ten points. Yeah, I think another big thing is the both the key forwards for both Port Adelaide and um, and Geelong. Last time they played, Charlie Dixon three disposals, zero goals, and, and Hawkins six goals. So you know, yeah. Dixon's got a fire, and 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 someone's going to be able to stop Hawkins. That's another. Well, big match. Every time Port Adelaide have lost this year, they've given the opposition key forward at least three goals. So obviously, three goals is is you know a decent haul in today's game, and especially with the limited time on the field. So you know, if Hawkins gets three or four goals, Geelong probably win. But as I said before, I'm, I still I still think Geelong's got a better chance, even if they lose this. Well, we got a Friday night. Brisbane versus Richmond at the Gabba. Now, Brisbane hasn't beaten Richmond in so long. I'm still sticking with Richmond, bleh, sticking with Brisbane as my premiership tip. Um, Cot- Cochin is 16-0 and against Brisbane. Dustin Martin is 15-0 and against Brisbane. That just tells you how long it's been since this team's won. Uh, how you think this one's going to play out? Uh, I think it's going to be a close one, but I'm going to back uh, Richmond. In, uh, sorry, not Richmond. I'm going to back Brisbane in this one. I don't know why. I think it's going to be close, though, but I'll, I'll go with Brisbane. thing with Brisbane, is last season against – last final, sorry, earlier in the year against Richmond and other key games, Brisbane have been the better team. They had the better of the ball. You know, they've had the inside 50s and everything. It's their kicking. So Definitely, yep. You've got a buy. Obviously, they had a buy. You shouldn't do anything. But I really think that the you know the higher ups at Brisbane, the coaches and stuff, they just need to place that emphasis. If you kick, it's it's pretty simple for me. If Brisbane kicks straight, they win. But yeah, that's fair, something. Yeah. If they don't, but Richmond, not then that's not discredit on Richmond because I said if Geelong lose, you know Geelong lose, they still have a better premiership chance than Port Adelaide. If Richmond lose this game, they still have a better chance of winning the flag than I think the winner of Port Adelaide and Geelong. Because, yep. you know, R- Richmond, are pr- Richmond are proven finals performers. Port and Geelong well, Geelong were, and they still have players on their list and the coach on their list. But Richmond are proven finals performers and they can back up. I think, you know, Lockie Neal, Dustin Martin, it's, you know, it's a mouth-watering matchup. It'd be interesting to see if Dustin Martin plays forward or midfield. Um, and, you know, Lockie Neal, he's got he's going to win the Brownlow this year, we think. You know, can he perform in a, the finals pressure, final scenario, and Richmond do finals pressure better than anyone else? Yeah, well, I think, uh, I think um, uh, Dustin, Pro- Dustin Martin probably plays forward. I think I read today that uh, that uh, Tom Lynch isn't playing. Yeah, Tom Lynch weekend. is out. Tom Lynch is out. But, and I think the big player as well is... Uh, is uh, Charlie Cameron. I think he, he's had a pretty quiet season by his standards, and I reckon um, if he turns it on, they win. Yeah, finals-type player, you know, yep. lives for a moment like that. Hopefully, he can have a good game. I'm just going to – I'll take Brisbane by goal. Um, yep. But, yeah, that doesn't discredit Richmond at all. I still think Richmond will probably be there on grand final day. And then we go to elimination Saturday – First game, St Kilda versus the Bulldogs. This is a hard game to read. St Kilda have had the more consistent season, but Bulldogs have definitely shown they have a higher ceiling. They've played better in moments. They've played worse in moments, and they've just looked a bit stronger towards the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen these two guys play since uh, since round two, where everyone came back from that little that long break of COVID. Um, so we have nothing really to go on from past games because that was, I mean, Bulldogs were woeful in that game. Um, 
But yeah, you're right. This is a hard one to pick. I think I'm going to go with the, the Dogs, though. I'm going with the Saints. I just think they've had a more consistent year. I think, obviously, the midfield, as always, as we're going to say in these big games, I reckon the Bulldogs just have the edge slightly. But St. Kilda, yeah, I, don't, I just think they have more to give this season. I don't, I don't think they'll make the prelim final. I don't think they're going to be that good. But I think that they're, they're good enough to win one final. And Bulldogs are inconsistent. Bulldog, Bulldogs could either come out and win by 40 points or lose by 40 points. Um, you know, if Bulldogs played at their best all year, there's no doubt they'll be in the, the top four, but it's a simple fact. They lost games they shouldn't have, and you know that's why they're in seventh, and that's why well, it wouldn't really be an away final anyway, but that's why they're not hosts. I'm going to tip the Saints by probably 15 points. Wouldn't be surprised if the Bulldogs do win, but I just think the Saints have a lot more to give this season. And finally, the last game of the finals, your boys, Alex, you're going all the way over to WA what do, you, what do you think your chances are on knocking off the Eagles? Look, it's going to be tough with this uh, the travel all the way over there and then going into quarantine for about seven days. Um, I think the Eagles have some injuries, but I think they might get a few players back. It's going to be tough. I'll still back my boys in. But look, last time we played them, uh, 60, 66 points smashing by the Eagles. Uh, Pendlebury didn't play that game. This is a big game for him, I reckon. He didn't the goal he didn't well. play. To go, he didn't play. I don't think Cox played. Um, could we see a big game from Cox? He's been steadily getting better, but who knows? Cox, uh, sorry, Dugowie again didn't showed really well in the uh, the game against the Suns, and then didn't didn't play very well against Port. And and Penders in his in his uh, record breaking game, not the not the best game, but um, look, I'll back my back my boys in probably by about six points. West Coast should get everyone every injured player in their best 22 back except Elliot Yo. But of course, you know, th- there is concerns, you know, some of them have been out for a few weeks. There's fitness concerns. Um, obviously that for- forward line, you're coming up against Jack Darling, Josh Kennedy, Liam Ryan, and then you've got players like Jamie Cripps and Oscar Allen and Tim Kelly who can come up there and pop up. But of course, Darcy Moore, fantastic season. Uh, Maynard, fantastic season. I'm just interested, Alex. What's what's the word on Jeremy Howe? Yeah, I have a feeling that if, even if we were to make it all the way to um, to the grand final, he won't be he won't be playing. I think they they're going to risk him. I think, I think he wants. Jer- I think Jeremy Howe in this game could almost turn that game for Collingwood, oh, but definitely. obviously he won't play this week. I think. I'm going to give Collingwood a chance. A lot of people are writing Collingwood off. The media is. The bookies are writing Collingwood off. I'm not saying Collingwood's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Um, but at the same time, I think it's either it's either going to be this. It's either going to be Eagles win by a goal or Pies win by a goal, less than a goal, or the Eagles will have the game over at halftime. Yeah, I think a big thing is uh, Josh Kennedy. Absolutely, he booted seven goals against the Pies earlier in the season, and he's a big one to watch out for, I reckon. Well, yeah, well, you know, Darcy Moore's fantastic, but he can't do it by himself. There'll be a lot of pressure on players like Magin and um, Roughhead to do the job. Well, that's enough for this week, Alex. It's been good having a look at the season and everything. Um, so you're just going to stick with um, Geelong for the flag? Yeah, yep, still sticking with uh, Geelong. And I'm going to stick with Brisbane too. Well, we're going to discuss the Brownlow in the coming few days. We're going to have that podcast out. We're going to have a look at all the teams. We're going to look at 
the stats. We're going to look at the LSB Brownlow count and also look at some other predictors and also just look at how we've thought players have played this year. Obviously, no surprises for who we think is going to win the Brownlow. Well, Alex, thanks for your time, mate, and I'll catch you next time. Cool. Thanks for having me, Toff. All right, sweet. Awesome. Cheers for that. Sorry, man. Feels good. Feels good. <laughs>